Head bop. Friday head bop and the shoulder bop. It's here. It is here. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever you celebrate. I don't know. It's happening is the bottom line. It is happening. I'm going to go over what we're going to talk about on the show today. And then I'm going to share with you who our partner for today's show is. Fantastic. And in case you didn't get a holiday present for anyone, I've got your solution. So don't you worry about that. All right. So today... I'm going to talk about Hunter Avalone. Hunter Avalone actually did a reaction to my commentary on him. I don't know if you caught it. I almost didn't catch it because instead of putting my name in the title, he put Red Pill Lady. Mm, pleasant. All right, we'll talk about that too. Overall, though, he was respectful. I appreciate it. We'll get into it. So I'm going to react to some of his reaction. And then I'm going to dig into why modern women would rather have a dog than a baby. Uh-oh, backed up by studies too. No joke. We'll talk a little bit about dogs and what they do to those dogs. You ever see those dogs in the strollers? Mm-mm-mm. Okay, we'll talk about that. Then I'm going to react to Andrew Tate's desert island analogy. I don't know if you saw, but Tate had a sit down with Aiden Ross. And it was, it was fantastic. And there's one part in particular that really had me laughing. But it's also important. It's indicative of a larger problem that's going on. So we're going to discuss that. And then let's talk about the red flags that modern women say they see in men. Are they actually red flags, though? That is the question. I'm going to be closing with, this is a bit of a different matrix segment, but I don't know if you saw how Stanford University put out a harmful language index. It's beyond woke. It's beyond ridiculous. It's absurd that you're spending that kind of money to send your kids to an asylum. Let's just say that. And we all know the matrix loves censorship. So we'll dig into that. But first, I want to tell you who our partner for today's show is. In case you don't have your holiday gifts for people yet, in case sometimes you give them late, whatever it may be, maybe there's a birthday coming up, I don't know. 360 Cookware is my go-to for cookware. You know how hard it is to find stuff that's made in the USA? No matter what the product may be, well, these are completely made in the United States. All their cookware, their bakeware, all of their products, they are stainless steel, so they're incredibly durable. I cannot tell you, like, the wear is like you can barely see it and I've had them for years now. I love their products. It's all I use in my home. They're also completely non-toxic. What you don't know is that you may be cooking that really healthy food. You stick that food into toxic cookware and all of those toxins leach into your food. So you think you're eating something healthy, but actually you're not. You really, really should, in my opinion, invest in some quality cookware. It doesn't have to be a lot. It could be a pot. It could be a pan, maybe a baking pan. You don't need a lot, but you do need that sense of security for you, for your family, that if you're going to do something healthy for your body, let it be healthy. Don't let it be corrupted by toxic cookware. So I have a special offer for you today. Purchase 360 cookware today, and you're going to get 25% off. 25% off with my code Jedediah. We're going to link that in the description. And one thing I also want to share with you is that their company offers a lifetime guarantee on their products. The reason they offer a lifetime guarantee is because they are so sure that you are going to love those products. I'm actually 100% sure too, because I love them so much. And I want to hear from you. If you buy stuff and you cook some cool recipes, please comment below in the thread. I want to know what you're making. I want some ideas. Send me a message on Instagram. Tell me what you're making. I promise you, you are not going to be disappointed. Again, 25% off is an amazing deal. They have pans, they have pots, they have 
all sorts of gadgets that I wouldn't even know what to do with. I've got the pots, the pans, I've got the bakeware, but there's even cooler stuff than that. And I think I'm getting one of them for Christmas from my husband. Very excited. So if you cook or you know someone who cooks, you someone in your life you love cooks, I'm telling you, man, this is the stuff. Support your country, US of A. Support non-toxic companies that care about you being healthy. We all know the Matrix wants you unhealthy. There are companies out there like 360 Cookware that are saying, uh-uh. We are out to protect people. 25% off with code Jedediah in the description. Do it now. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. All right. So let's get back to Hunter Avalon, shall we? So I saw this by mistake um, because, you know, the tag. Red pill lady. I have a name, Hunter. I have a name. And hopefully you'll call me by that name when you come in person in January and we have a great conversation. He is coming in January, so I covered a bit of his commentary to kind of tee that up. He responded to that commentary, which I appreciate. And by the way, let me say he was respectful, as I was to him. You all know how I feel about that stuff. You either debate someone on the merits of what they're saying, or you don't do it at all. I'm not into like, oh, you dummy, jerk, idiot. You know, I don't do that. I'm not 11. So... Let's start at 744. I'm not going to pull everything. He spent quite a bit of time, thank you, on the content. I'm not going to pull everything, but I'm going to pull some. And then we're going to, after that, get to women and their dogs. God love us. All right. 744. Let's start there. Women, like, listen, guys care about this. So figure out what you want your next decade to look like. And if you decide you don't want to cater it to what guys like or don't like, that's your choice. But then know also that your decisions may have consequences and you may not be able to get that guy you want at the end of the day because he does care about how you lived the last decade, whether you like it or not. It's just a reality of the world. Reality bites sometimes, but it's true. Again, it's just a reality of the world, but it doesn't need to be a reality of the world. Like that, that can be changed. And again, I really dislike this argument. Okay, let's pause right because- there already. Okay. So I don't care what it needs to be. I don't care what it needs to be. You may feel that the reality that men care about this, you know, female promiscuity, maybe you think that's flawed. Okay, cool. It doesn't change the reality that they care about it. It's just a fact. So we can talk about what is, or we can talk about the way things need to be. And the way things need to be is subjective because the way I think they need to be and the way you think they need to be could be very different. But the way things is, is not subjective. It's objective. And the reality is the factual nature of what we're talking about is that men care about female promiscuity. And if you took a poll on that and you talked to a bunch of guys, they're going to tell you that that body count matters. Um, and, and, you know, he says, oh, you can change it. You, really? How? How do you think we can change how men feel about this? Are you going to say, you know, societally, media? I'm genuinely curious. The reality is that you can drop in a whole bunch of societal propaganda and, and you know, pressure and this and that but if you're asking me how men naturally feel about this how they're inclined to feel about this I'm going to tell you they care about the body count and they care about female promiscuity for a number of reasons and that it's not going to change it's not going to change even with all the stuff that comes in with media you're still going to be able to poll guys and they are going to tell you that the reality is that they value women who don't have that high body count end of story so this is a difference between what is And what could be, should be, this is all flowery, fun stuff over here. This is what is. This is reality. This is truth. Okay. Let's keep going. I think that it reduces women's worth to nothing but whether or not they are a virgin. This is the sort of sexual, rapey culture that a lot of the times people talk about. This idea that a woman is pure so long as she's a virgin, and if she's not, now what? She's defiled. She's dirty. She's impure. Okay, wait, hold on a second. So he's going on this whole rant about, who who said anything about virgin? Did I say that a woman had to be a virgin? I didn't. 
In fact, I've gone out of my way to say, in fact, if you've listened to a bunch of clips of me, I say, I'm not necessarily saying she has to be a virgin. What I'm distinguishing here is two groups of women. I am distinguishing women who sleep around and are very proud to say that they hook up a lot and that they have a body count that's high and they don't care and they a lot of these guys are just there for the minute and they wouldn't even really date them seriously. That's one group. And then I have women who pair sex with emotion and if they're going to sleep with you, it's because they care about you and they have some type of genuine emotion for you. They are in love. They see a future with you. They are in a serious relationship with you. They want that relationship to go somewhere. Those are the two groups that I'm talking about. I didn't mention virgin. Of course, virgins exist. Sure. But I'm talking about the difference between someone who is fickle when it comes to sex and someone who's not and, and really takes care with that decision because they have deep respect for their body and for how their body interacts with another human body. Those are the two groups I'm talking about. And this idea of like, oh, it, it, it minimizes women. It takes them down to just, you know, the, 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 their sexuality in terms of who they sleep with. And no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's a component it's a component that guys care about because it's a reflection again of who you are in your decision making. So you can't look at a woman, say a woman is 20 years old and we've, we've shown the panels where these women are, they're saying it, they're sharing it for themselves. 22 years old, what's your body count? Oh, I don't know. I lost track around 15, blah, 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 blah. That is a reflection of her values. That is a reflection of who she is. So it's not like you can put these little things in a box and just say, oh, well, yeah, she sleep. What is it like? She sleeps around and doesn't care about her body, but oh, but she likes Jenga. <laughs> Maybe she likes Jenga. Maybe she does like Jenga, honey, but you're not going to be so infatuated with her love of Jenga that you're going to be willing to ignore the fact that, oh, she hops into bed with everyone. And in her off time, she plays Jenga, which you like. Mm -mm. This stuff's going to be like, mm, no. Okay. So there's <laughs> just a reality. You, and this is the problem oftentimes in these debates is that there is a world that they, as they want it to exist and a world as it is. I'm dealing with a world as it is. Okay, let's keep going. Gross. So then he talks about, Sneeko seems to, I mean, Hunter seems to think that the only issue about promiscuity is talking about STDs. And, oh, as long as you're safe. What, what, what is, sure, nobody wants you to have had an STD. Yes, that's bad. But it's not just about that. It's not about like, oh, did you get away with all the promiscuity and hopping in and out of bed and meaningless sex and treating your body like, you know, waste material, but you didn't get an STD, so it's all good. No, that's not all it's about because those decisions are a reflection of who you are and what you value. And if guys are looking for somebody who's going to be the mother of their child, they can't reconcile those two images of hopping in and out of bed with everyone, not respecting your own body, and now somehow inside that body a few years later is going to be my baby. No, that's not an image that they can reconcile. So I kind of actually agree with what she's saying so much so as if a woman is sleeping around a bunch, then yeah, that does somewhat reflect poorly on her character, I would say. If, that's, if she's not treating sex seriously at all, then I do think that there could be an argument made that maybe that doesn't look so good for her overall character and the type of decisions that she okay. is. So that, that was interesting to me that he conceded that because he just finished saying that, oh, by talking about body count and the fact that guys care about this body count, it's like you're reducing women to just their sexuality and that, well, no, I'm saying it, it, it's a reflection of who they are and what they value. And you're saying it's a reflection of who they are and what they value. And the guys who care about it are saying it's a reflection of who they are and what they value. So you can't just look at this body count and it's very tempting to look at it as like, well, why do you care if someone's, because it's, it's about who they are as a person. And there is a difference between a woman who is capable of hopping in and out of bed with guys and someone who's not. And by not capable, they can't bring themselves to do it because it's just not who they are. It's not what they're about. It's not what they're interested in. They're not comfortable 
in that hookup realm, there is a difference because it's a reflection of who those two individuals are on a larger scale. We're both acknowledging that. So I think he's disagreeing with me. Actually, I think he's agreeing with me more than he's disagreeing with me. And we're going to see when we sit at the table. I think that line of, of agreement is going to come together on this one. We'll see. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe you're like, no, Jed, keep it feisty. You never know. Okay, let's go to 1101. Um, he's talking about women posting skimpy Instagram photos on this part. You see that one? Did that one click? Yeah, I, okay. I had it click, but oh, okay, it cool. disappeared, but got it back now. Let's get rid of this idea. Why? And this, there's a lot of gray in this area. There are people who put photos out of a bikini, they're at the beach, they're having a day, whatever. Okay, fine. And then there's what you often see on Instagram now and what you see on OnlyFans now, which is this constant state of hypersexualization. People are pulling the bikini down. They're exposing this, that. Sometimes there's outright nudity. Sometimes it's so close to nudity. It's not sporadic, like, oh, there's a bikini pic on 4th of July and then you don't see one for another year. No, it's the whole page. You're selling sex. You're making money off your sexuality. That's different. So that does matter, again, because it, it tells you a lot about who that person it is. And See, to me, that wouldn't bother me at all. Like, to me, that that's so far removed at this point from physically being with other people now you're just saying that like a, a girl's posted a lot of pictures on her instagram of her looking really skimpy i don't know to me that would not bother me at okay, all okay cool so my response again it's not about you so this if this were a conversation if i had titled that section what ha hunter avalon does and doesn't find attractive in women okay but we're not talking about you here and and you may not care you may not care fair okay you may not care about it. But the reality is, again, I am pointing to the truth that men will care about it. So that if a woman, if you go to her Instagram page and she is half naked all over the page, bikini photos, this, that, looking for attention, very, very attention seeking all the time, you know the type, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, again, a bikini photo on 4th of July and one over here. I'm talking about the page is inundated with a sex cells mentality. You are gonna make a judgment call on that female. You're going to be like, mm, I don't know about this. I don't know if that's what I want to sign up for. I don't know. Guys aren't going to love that. And they're especially not going to love that if they wind up. So let's say they start dating that girl and the behavior continues and continues and continues. It's just not appealing. You don't have to agree with that decision. You don't have to support that decision. You don't have to like that decision. And you don't have to be that guy. But let's just acknowledge that guys do care about it. That if you have an OnlyFans and you're on there and you're half naked, you may not care, Hunter. But most men will be like, I'm not, this is not a girl I'm taking home to mom. It's not comfortable for them. And that is the world I'm dealing with. I am dealing in the reality of what is the reality of what is and isn't comfortable for men. And trying to tell women, listen, if you don't care, cool, don't care. But if you do care and you're looking for a male partner, you're looking for a husband, you're looking to settle down and you want this type of guy, know that he cares about these decisions that you're making. So either make different decisions or except that you may land in a place you don't want to be, which is without those guys, because they're going to go for women who made different decisions than you did. It's just reality. That's all. Okay, let's go to 2023. Uh, this is particularly about OnlyFans, him reacting to my commentary on OnlyFans. Not attractive. And the reality also is that the extremes are becoming heavily normalized and more and more common. Hence, OnlyFans. Okay, let's go to 740. I don't know if OnlyFans means it's becoming more common. I mean the porn industry has been around for quite a long time also, right? Like, listen, porn is another one of those things. Talk about if we want to make descriptive claims. Okay, okay? One, like, one note on that, and then he's going to also be wrong about something else. But I'm saying that it's more common, 
And he's saying, well, OnlyFans is an indicator. Of course it is. Of course it is. It used to be that in order to do pornography, it was like a whole, it was a film industry. You had to be an actor. You know, you had to, there were things that you had to go to a studio. You had to show up. You had to engage in activity with somebody else. You have these girls now sitting in front of their computers at home engaging in these behaviors and getting messaged by guys. Any, anyone can do this. So, of course, it has normalized the behavior. Of course, it has given wider access to women to do this, to make money off of these behaviors. It's like it's like everyone can be an Instagram. It's like now how everyone can be a personal trainer, right? You get an Instagram account and you start doing squats. It's like, I'm a personal trainer. I got my little certification. I'm an influencer. Everybody's an influencer. You know, everyone. Everyone under the sun. And now it's like everyone can be their own porn star from the comfort of your own home. I mean, it just is. So it's kind of ridiculous to debate that, I think. Okay, let's keep going. Pornography is also one of those things that I don't think is just going to go away. The porn industry can be incredibly coercive, not to mention the massive amount of systemic sexism in that industry as well. So I would almost say that if porn is going to exist, you either have option A, exploitative industry that's also sexist, or option B, a woman has control over what she posts, she makes the decisions. She gets to choose what kind okay. of content she... So he took this debate to a different place. Oddly, I don't know. But I'm, I'm, this is not for me. This is, was not a conversation about is OnlyFans uh, a more beneficial forum for female pornography than traditional pornography forums, meaning, you know, film, porn films, and, and that whole industry and all that comes with that. That wasn't where I was headed with this at all. That wasn't my discussion. Again, my my point here was again that what is appealing and attractive to men so whether you have engaged in OnlyFans, you know nudity sexual acts with men putting on little shows whatever it is who knows it's very varied what can go on over there or you are doing that via a traditional film setting what i am saying is that both of those things will be unattractive to men who are trying to take someone home to mom and we can talk about whether it's more financially beneficial for women to engage in one if they've made the decision. That's a whole separate conversation, but that's not this conversation. And it doesn't matter which one women choose to do when it, in the eyes of the guys that they ultimately want to wind up in the end with. And remember that when we talk about these panels and when we showcase these panels, oftentimes you will have women say that they want to be with a good guy at the end. They want to be with someone who really respects them and cares about them and doesn't objectify them at the end of the tunnel. So they want to do all the OnlyFans stuff. And at the end, they want that guy. And I'm here to provide that reality check and say, if you want that guy at the end, he's going to look back on your last five, six, seven years on all these decisions. And it's going to be just a no for him. So think about it, because then you might wind up with choice B at the end, a guy who doesn't care about all that stuff, but maybe he doesn't have the things or the attributes that you want. Just saying. Okay. Let's go to uh, 2448. This is a conversation. This is going to be great in person, actually, I think. But this gets deep into purity, and <laughs> let's just play it means that you haven't been jaded by the world. It's a beautiful thing. It means that you haven't been through a bunch of relationships that left you feeling dark. It means that you don't have a lot of that baggage that you pull from a bad relationship back into the next one. It means that you have- Okay, baggage can again be like something to deal with with a relationship that might be less than ideal for some people. But this again is why I say it's kind of creepy is like you people talk like you want a woman who is pure, innocent, and has no experience. Like it sounds like you're talking about a fucking 17 year old virgin. That's okay. what it sounds like. You so, and this is often said, 
um, by folks in his position. And that's, that's, not what, that's not what's being said. That's not what these guys are saying at all. You could use the word purity, by the way, without making that into virginal. Those don't have to be the same thing, one. And again, I have not ever said virginal, but what they're talking about, innocence can also be an energy, by the way, and an energy that's reflected in action as well. So innocence, you could, in other words, I was 25 and I was pretty innocent. I was pretty innocent. I had only had two relationships at that point. That's pretty innocent. You know, you look at a 20-year-old now, that's been with a bunch of guys in and out of college. And I'm not just talking about sex either. Sometimes have a conversation. I taught school for years. I taught college. I, taught, I was a student advisor. I was an academic dean, a high school dean. A lot of stuff comes up in conversations with parents. And I was one thing that blew me away, truthfully, take sex out of it for a second, was the number of people that some of these young women had made out with. I know that sounds very simple, but I couldn't believe like how many engagements they had had with physical, you know, stuff that was not quite sex yet, other stuff making out and beyond. But I was, I was really blown away by that too. Why? Why? Like, why is that happening? That's a problem. And again, I'm going to say, this is not about finding some 17-year-old or, or younger child that's innocent and wide out. What we're talking about is young women who value and respect their bodies, who, who have discretion about what they do, who, who care about these decisions deeply, who want to pair sex with emotion, who want to have sex with someone that they love and care about, who have their eye on a family, who are loyal, who are moral. What's the problem, really? Why is that creepy? Why is innocence creepy? For me to sit and say that there's something, and there's another part of this video where I talk about the uniqueness of, of youth and being young, why is that creepy? For me to say I could look back on a picture of myself at 23 years old and say, you know, I had that youthful, you know, baby face. I had a baby face until I was 28. I was like kind of, you know, just coming into the ways of the world. And there's something really beautiful about that. I wasn't a child. I was a full-grown adult who had gone through school and had two degrees and had had a job. But I wasn't tarnished by a lot of bad experiences with men because I, I didn't engage that way. Why, why can't someone point out that that's a, there's a beauty in that? That has to be creepy somehow? Why is that creepy? I don't get it. I really don't. I'm hard-pressed to, to, to figure that one out. Um, and he goes on and on. Me, me, me apparently using the word, ba you know, baby face was, a pro I talk about baby face all the time. I mean, I had, I had a baby face until I was almost 30, honestly. And the reason I pointed that out is because it's just, you have women, again, a whole industry, women are trying to get that stuff back because they're trying to recapture something that isn't just physical. Again, these women aren't getting this Botox and this filler and all that crazy toxic stuff they get to recapture just a visual. They're trying to recapture a, a time in their life as well and an energy that they felt about that time in their life before stuff happened that was tumultuous and crazy. And it's, it just is. It just is, I'm telling you. So let's just be realistic about it. It's not creepy. It's, there's nothing creepy about it to me. We can have that discussion in person. Okay. Um... And then he says something, interestingly enough, I'm not going to play the clip because I don't know exactly where it is, in the, but he says something about pure and innocent and how it kind of like, does that open the door for abuse? 
like almost like it was an abusive paradigm of like an older abusive man and a pure, innocent, inexperienced woman. And why the assumption that a guy would be an abuser? I mean, are we talking about abusive men? It just was such an odd correlation to me. Just such an odd correlation. Um, okay, so anyway, Hunter is gonna come on the show. We're gonna have a lot more back and forth. Uh, some of it will be political because he's very liberal as well across the board. As far as I know, he may surprise us. You never know. Somebody sits down and you maybe he's nuanced and certain. I don't know. I wanted to talk to him because I like to talk to people who feel differently about things than I do. And I like to explore that zone. And he's willing to come on. So more power to him. You will see him here in January with me. Okay, let's talk about modern women and dogs. Oh, man. So I see this tweet. Do you have the tweet, Malik? Yep. Okay, let's pull it up. Okay, it says, I have it here. My mom, age 26, with me, versus me, age 26, with my daughter. I see no difference. Now, we can all laugh and say, oh, ha, 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 her and the dog, he, 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 he. And then we think about the reality of how women actually treat the dogs in the modern age. Now, I come from New York City, and um, by the way, I have a little dog, more of a rat than a dog let's just say that she's like this big she's five if she's she's five pounds if she's eaten a lot of food that day and yes the dog has shoes I'm not gonna lie because once she stepped on glass she cried I cried it wasn't a pretty sight so I decided to get her little shoes but what I did notice walking around the streets of Manhattan was that people had taken the dogs to a new level I saw dogs with full attire uh depending upon the occasion at hand I, I actually saw a dog at a funeral once in all black. I can't. I'm thinking about that dog now. Little Chihuahua. I saw dogs in strollers. You ever see the women? They look like 20s, 30s, wheeling the dog in a little stroller. The dog comes everywhere. They like the dogs getting upset. Oh, you got a blankie for the dog. I've seen dogs get bottle fed. I've seen dogs really just treated like babies. So this sparked my interest, and I found this study on veterinarians.org. It says, as birth rates in U.S. plummet, are pets standing in for children? And I just saw some stats that were interesting to me. It says, among millennial women who don't want children, 70% of those with pets view their dog cat as their child. Oh. It says, among these pet owners, 69% say having a pet is easier than having a child, and 48% of those with pets also say the costs of caring for a pet are lower than the cost of caring for a child. So I looked over some of the reasons, like why are these women having dogs instead of babies? And here were some of the reasons that were said. I simply have no desire to raise children. Hmm, interesting. It's too expensive. Raising a child requires too much time and energy that I'm willing to give. Uh, I'm not interested in experiencing pregnancy or labor. That was a big one. A child doesn't fit into the lifestyle I've envisioned for myself. I don't feel maternal urges to have a family of my own. Raising a child would infringe on my freedom. I am prioritizing my career and education. And I read this and I said, what, what has changed in society? So really interesting, really interesting stats that I see here. Some of them that, that I can tell you right away. This, this whole pregnancy and labor fear is something that happens to women. Happened to me, actually. Because modern medicine really wrecks pregnancy and labor first of all you don't go to proper physical therapy before you have a baby so that that process of actually having the baby is a lot easier because all the muscles are you know loose. you got, you got the stuff you're supposed to do they do this in other countries by the way they don't do it here it's like frowned about oh you don't need that you do 
And then the whole hospital experience is so horrible from start to finish in many cases that people are traumatized. They are traumatized. The drugs, the reactions, it's also like clinical, the fluorescence, this, that. They don't put you in the positions that actually, you know, ideally would enable you to release that little baby so that it's less stressful for you. It's a lot that goes on. It can be very traumatizing. And you can hear from women all the time, all the time, that will vocalize that to you. So that's not surprising. And by the way, you have to wonder, is there a big pharma agenda there with that? Because if you traumatize women in the process of, of labor, delivery, and it's like, oh, my God, you got women now that are, like, signing up for their C-sections weeks in advance. They're like, oh, I'm going to just schedule it. I'm going to schedule the birth. I just want to be – I remember I was at Fox and somebody said to me, I just want to be drugged. I just want them to bring the little baby out to me and just, like, I don't want to know any, anything about it. Meantime, you know, regular natural delivery actually has a lot of benefits for the baby in terms of flora, in terms of exposing them to a bunch of germs. That, and it's very good for them, actually. Of course, you know, they don't care about that, most of the modern medicine people. They don't care. You have to say, though, if they're traumatizing these women, I wonder if there's an agenda there because you traumatize women, they're less likely to do it again. Oh, oh, I'm not saying it's population control mechanism, but I'm not saying it's not. Just saying, food for thought. Um, but then I, I got into this whole, like, why don't women want to have children? Like, what's going on that the maternal instinct, it's like somebody shut it off. Or like there's too many women now that just don't feel that desire. You go back, you know, 30 years and you talk to women and they were all like, oh, I couldn't wait to have a baby. It was just a different feeling. And I think a lot of it is the modern feminist movement now. Everyone is so career focused that these women are exhausted at the end of the day. They're like so driven. They're like, well, if I'm doing this, how could I do anything else? And there's no time left in the day and there's all this pressure. And it's like, well it's too overwhelming because how could you even fit? It's like you're trying to fit the kid into your life when in reality the kid should be primary and you should be trying to fit everything else where it fits, if at all. But it's not like that now because they're told they have to pursue this career. So like, how do I juggle it? There's a lot of stress that goes along with that, a lot of anxiety. I also think birth control pills play a role in this, that the chemicals in birth control pills, we talked about how the birth control pills, you know, there are studies that show that they affect the kind of men that you go for. It also affects your desire to have sex. A lot of times your sexual desire goes down. It also affects the way you think about children. I mean, I had this experience myself on and off that pill. So I think birth control pills and, and the, the widespread dissemination of them has, has affected the way a lot of women in their 20s feel about pregnancy. Um, and it's just not on the mind. It's, it's not on top of mind. And it's, it's a source of stress in many respects. And I do think, dare I say, that there's a, a lot of selfishness in the modern woman. There's a lot of selfishness and this elongated me time. It's like everybody's like in this elongated period of college, slightly post-college. And it's just me, 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 me. It's like, well, I need time for myself. I need my own freedom. What if I want to go out for drinks with the girls? What if I want to take a vacation? And there's this sense of just like me, 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 me all the time. And it wasn't always like that. It was like, you, you know, you did you, you. And then you grew up and you gave of yourself to a family. And that child brings so much fulfillment to you. That it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to need to make time for this baby and it's infringing on my freedom. There was reward that came from having that child. Where did all that go? The modern woman has gotten very me, 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 very selfish and frankly, a little bit lazy sometimes too. A little bit lazy. Like it's, it's a, ch oh, these chores, this, that. Well, why is it, why is there no pride in any of these activities anymore? Why? It's like, what do you want to do? And it says here, oh, I'm prioritizing my career. 
Okay. So career, that's career focus. That's it. It would infringe on my freedom. What do you need to, what are you doing for like for every year over and over and over? At some point, doesn't it get like tiring? You know, it's like you did that already. Are you ready for something different? Something richer? Something where you can actually be an adult and have responsibility for something? Well, you know what? They say a dog. Now, why do they say a dog? The top reasons, it's easier to find care for a pet if I need to leave my house for an extended period of time. This is what they say. These are the percentages in the article. I can leave my pet home alone if I need to run errands. The costs for caring for a pet are lower. Caring for a pet is less stressful, less time consuming. I have greater flexibility. So it's like they get this little toy, the pet, and they can have, you know, oh, the kisses and the hugs, put the pet in the stroller and prance the little dog around. Dog is dressed, you know, in a ball gown at a wedding. The dog is dressed all black for a funeral. You see the dogs at the baseball games on the laps, a little baseball cap. I mean, it, it happens, right? You see it. And there's no baby because they know ultimately if they do decide they need that girl's night out, well, where's the dog? At home. Ruff, 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 ruff. You know if they need some time with, you know, whatever. The dog is just, you, you can leave the dog. You can tend to the dog and also not tend to the dog. You can't just leave your baby in the house and be like, oh, girl's night. Wah. No, you've got to tend to that baby. But the dog could be woof, woof. So there's, a, there's an adolescence in the modern way. Like it's extended adolescence in the modern woman. To imagine being like, well, I know I need something. And I really crave something. Because if you didn't, if you didn't crave anything, if, if all the maternal instinct was dead, believe me, we're getting there with the way society's going. But if it was all dead, you wouldn't have the little dog in a baby costume wrapped and swaddled in the stroller and you're wheeling him to the grocery store, right? If it was all dead. So it's not all dead. But enough is dead that it's a dog and not a baby. You got to ask yourself. And I've had, I've had these conversations with women because, you know, I have the little dog and I took her everywhere, but I never had this delusion like it was a dog and not a baby. Like, oh, yeah, I was doing this, but I didn't want a baby, but I wanted a dog. But I've had these conversations and women will be like, oh, no, because then I get all the benefits. It's like a baby, but it's like I can, you know, I still have my freedom. A dog is not a baby. A dog's not like a baby. I read somewhere that women were saying, oh, it's good prep. If you want to have a baby, have a dog. No, the dog is not a baby. It's, a, it's not even the same species. Just saying. It's not the same experience to have a dog and have a baby. Man. People at home are like, where do you live, Jed, that you see the dogs in the You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I went to a birthday party once in the summer, and there was a dog. God, I wish I had a photo. The dog had a sundress and a little parasol over its head. It was sunny. And I looked. I thought it was baby. I looked in the carriage. Never forget. My, we weren't married yet, my husband and I. My current husband, you know, my Jeremy. We weren't married. We were dating. I don't even know if we were engaged. And I looked in. And I said, oh, this dog looking up at me. It was a dog. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Okay. People are like, why'd you say current husband? My only husband. Calm down. Sometimes, you know. All right. Let's go to Andrew Tate and Aiden Ross. This one's going to be good. This Andrew Tate, and you know Aiden Ross? He went, apparently he went to Dubai, I think. He's like a streamer. He's got a ton of followers. I don't know if people know Aiden, but I followed. You look at the... Okay, when you watch the video, could you just look at the disparity in size between the two of them? It's interesting. So basically, they have an arm wrestle only. Andrew does it rather than with his hand. He does it with two fingers like this, and they do the arm wrestle. And it's a fascinating discussion. Let's go to 1725. 
My left hand. Let me try my left hand, please. No, because you said a bunch of weird shit. I know, but I don't jerk off. Maybe I can beat you with one finger. Let me just meditate and gather my chi. First with two fingers, now one. Okay. All right, ready? Ready, go. go. Oh, I'm going to win this one. Oh, my God! What the fuck? Holy shit balls, bro. Ow. Fuck. That really hurt. You have training to do. One finger, Aiden! I know, but you're... <laughs> one finger! You're a kickboxing champion. You're a kickboxing champion, bro. You are. There's nothing I can fucking do about that, bro. There is something you can do about it. You can become stronger. Okay. You were just decimated in front of the world. Life is a constant competition, like I said. Now, let's imagine the brutal realities of Earth. Take away this soft society bullshit. The brutal realities of Earth. You and I are stranded on a desert island with 50 females. Wait, can I say we're quiet? Okay. 50 females, and those 50 females just witnessed this. I would be fucking 50 women, and you would be by yourself. I think I'd get one of them. You wouldn't get a single one after what they just fucking witnessed. I think I would. Not one. I'd get one. Not a single one would accept I would to get, be with you. I would get one. At least you eat 49, I can't have one of them. No. You wouldn't give me one of them to, to you know, make love. Fuck no. You don't deserve well, it's not. It's None not. of them will want you. <laughs> He's None laughing. Them will want you. Listen, listen, okay, listen. Them will so... First of all, it's funny. He actually did. Can you imagine Armrest and one, two fingers and then one finger and still that Aiden guy lost. It's not a good look. I'm just saying. And it's on video. It's going to be there forever. Mm-mm-mm. Not a good look. But the desert island analogy is interesting to me. Essentially, as you heard, he says, he says if there were 50 women who had witnessed that exchange, they would all choose Andrew Tate. I have to say 100% agree, especially in a desert island. So we talk about sharing you know how I say like most women won't want to share a man, okay? Most women won't want to share a man. I, I've said that before. We've had those. Now, I also caveat that and I say athletes, they, they have situations where they set it up where those women know it's not just them and there's some type of understanding there. Sometimes these billionaires, you know, there's, there's exceptions that get made and women willingly say, I want to do that, but that is not the norm. For your average guy, women are not going to want to share a man. However, he is right particularly with the desert island scenario, because when you're on a desert island, what are you looking for as a female? You want someone who's going to provide and who's going to protect you and who's going to make you feel safe. So if you see this go down, tell me every woman's not lining up for the guy who won with one finger, one finger armor. I would be, I'd be standing right there like, this guy's going to be able to get me food, water, if some kind of bear comes looking for me, I was a desert island. Wouldn't be a bear, some type of crocodile or some scary animal. I want to be able to scream and run and hide behind somebody. I'm not gonna hide behind Aiden. Aiden, you know, is gonna get eaten by something on that island. He's gonna be like the first to go. You know, in The Walking Dead, it's like the first to go. That would be Aiden. So all the women are gonna be looking and be like, okay, you know what? Maybe sharing wasn't on the on the docket for me in life, but on the desert island, let's share. Let's all hang with the guy who's gonna provide food and gonna protect us from the bad animals. I'm down, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's a reality. It's a reality, of, and, and I think that also that, that what he says like, well, what am I supposed to do? You're a champion kickboxer and Andrew's like, get stronger. You can't just be like, oh, well, I would have lost that one anyway, so I'm just going to be lazy and weak. And No. He should have been, listen, you knew you were, honey, you knew you were going to Dubai. You knew you were going to wind up in some type of situation like that. You should have been training for that. You should have, you know, get into the gym or something. I don't know. Are they that different in size too?
Just saying. <laughs> God. All right, let's talk about red flags. Let's talk about red flags. We have some video where women talk about what they, what they deem are red flags in men. Are they really red flags, though? Well, I'm going to tell you. Let's go to two. It's number four. It's 240. Let's listen to their description first. That is so obvious and it's so prominent. And I feel like guys will show this in the very beginning is if there is, I think, too much too much control over you Mm -hmm. and it's like right away like i think it's cute when a guy takes initiative when a guy has some kind of like i'll do this you do that you know what i'm saying but like there's a lot of guys i think and if this is really how they are i think those colors show right away like where it's like control over what you wear where you're going it starts off a little bit light you know yeah but you run to the hills like even if there's a glimpse of that i don't think that ever gets any better Mm -hmm. it's only going to get worse before it gets better with situations like that Mm -hmm. yeah no it it definitely will get worse like i don't know like if a guy ever told me oh i don't like when you wear this i feel like well i don't like you (laughs) but it's also like bitch i was wearing that when you liked me right so what's different now (laughs) like now you have like they're like, oh, I'm gonna get into a fight. Like, I don't want other people looking at me. I'm like, oh. yeah, well, get stronger. Yeah, you really get stronger. Gonna, if, you don't, if you don't think you can fight, then get stronger. <laughs> That's yeah. not a problem with my outfit. Literally. Okay. God, some of this stuff is just insufferable, isn't it? God. Okay, so red flag. So I would like to ask them what they really mean by control. Is it because, you know, if it's like a guy sitting there saying, oh, I, I just don't like that outfit. It's ugly. Don't wear it. I mean, that's weird, right? Why? I, I don't see that. But I think what they're talking about is something different. I think they're labeling it controlling. Rawr. When in fact, maybe it's you want to go hang out for a girl's night out, half naked with a bunch of your female friends, and he's staying at home because you say, well, it's girl's night. It's just the girls. And he's saying, well... I'm not really comfortable, and if it's girls' night out and I'm here, why you got to wear that? What like who you who are you half naked at girls' night out for? What's going on here? And he starts to ask some questions, and I would ask why? Why do women do that? Really, if you're going out for girls' night, let's say you're going out to hang out with your friends. Say you say I'm going out with a few of my female friends. We're going to dinner. Okay, cool. But if you're like I'm going out to the club, you have a boyfriend, you have a husband, whatever it may be. No, no, you stay home. I'm going out to the club for girls' night, and you see her getting all dolled up, top to bottom, in one of those outfits, like maybe when she was trying to get you, right? When she was trying to get you, she was wearing those outfits, but now she already has you. Hmm. She's wearing them again. What's going on there? Why do you do that, women? How do you not sense that that's going to make a guy uncomfortable? Because you know in his mind, it's like, well, who's she dressing up for? I'm, I'm home. Right? We're getting all dolled up. She doesn't dress like that around the house, so it's not like she's doing it for herself. I've seen her hang out with her girlfriends in her pajamas. Where's she going to the club looking like a stripper? Trying to maybe feel out the room, maybe got one foot out the door. Maybe she's looking for something at that club, and if it strikes her interest, maybe a little flirting happens while you're not there. That's where the guy's mind goes, and I don't blame them for that because why are you getting dressed like that to go out girls' night out when he's sitting at home? Mm Mm-mm. So is that the control that they're talking about? I don't know. I don't know. So and they always paint this, right? They always paint it as like, oh, yeah, you know. Also, let me say this. Um, side note, a little note I wrote to myself. Women who say they don't like controlling guys, oftentimes it's they don't like guys trying to control them if it's guys they don't really like, right? So if they really like you, 
they like a little bit of that from you. They like you to be like, oh, you're not going out with them doing that. No, no, you're going to stay here with me, baby. They li- then it's all like, hee, hee, oh, oh, right? But if they don't really like you and you say, you're controlling, you're insecure. My friend told me that you were a bad idea to begin with and they were right. Right? Don't forget, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe and like button. You know you want to. Do it now. Just saying. All right. Last topic of the day. This one's too much. Stanford University. I don't know if you've seen this. Stanford University has a harmful language index that it published. I'm trying to find my sheet. Oh, here it is. Scatterbrain Jed. Harmful language index that it releases. This is your matrix segment of the day because you know the matrix likes their censorship. They like words not to have meaning, not to be grounded in anything. They like that fluidity of like, oh, get with the times. They like everybody to be coddled like a little baby. They like you to be able to have your trigger warnings. You're scared. You're in a corner because somebody called you a jerk. You know, they love that because they want a weak society, a weak society with no backbone, more easily able to be controlled by the matrix. So Stanford University comes out with this. I can't even believe it. This is from the Daily Mail. Harmful language. It says the Stanford University has published an index of harmful language that it wants to eliminate because the terms are ableist, ageist, or racist, including the word American, by the way. We'll get to that. The elimination of harmful language initiative will also aim to educate people about the impact that racist, violent, and biased words have. On, the, on society at large. Okay, so I go through it. Let's go through. On the, on the end, you can see some of the words considered harmful. So originally, you might say the word, you might say walk-in. You can't say that anymore. You have to say drop-in or open office because ableist language, walk-in is apparently ableist because it trivializes the experience of people living with disabilities who can't walk. You can't say walk-in because you might insult somebody who can't walk. I kid you not. Okay, the next word, grandfather. You can't use the word grandfather. Instead, you have to say legacy because the word grandfather has its roots in the grandfather clause adopted by southern states to deny voting rights to blacks. So you can't be like my grandfather. Oh, no. Your legacy, you have to say. I mean, these people out of their minds? Yes. Okay, you can't say guru. You know how you say, oh, a guru. No, no, you can't say that. You have to swap in expert subject matter expert, primary leader, teacher, or guide, because in the Buddhist and Hindu traditions, the word is a sign of respect, and using it casually would negate its original value. (laughs) You can't say the word brave, okay? Don't use brave. They don't even have a suggestion. They just say, nope, because the term perpetuates the stereotype of the noble, courageous savage, equating the indigenous male as being less than a man. Can you imagine? You can't say man hours. Oh, how many man hours did you put in? No, no. You have to swap in person hours or effort hours because this term would reinforce male-dominated language. (laughs) You can't say American. You have to say U.S. citizen because this term refers to people from the United States only, thereby insinuating that the U.S. is the most important country in the Americas. (sighs) This is one of my favorites. You can't say killing two birds with one stone. (laughs) You can't say that. You have to instead stay accomplish two things at once because killing two birds with one stone normalizes violence against animals. <laughs> okay? You can't say trigger warning because the phrase can cause stress about what's to follow. Additionally, one can never know what may or may not trigger a particular person. Okay, so you look at this and you're like, wow. These people are absolutely certifiable at Stanford University. Now, you ask, I looked it up because I was like, well, this can't be. What is the tuition at Stanford? 
The tuition at Stanford is over $56,000 a year just for tuition. Just tuition. That doesn't include housing and other expenses. If you factor in other costs, let's say you're in New York City, Stanford's in California, you want to go to Stanford, and that means you're going to have housing, other expenses not related to tuition, you're looking at $77,000 a year. You're going to send your kids $77,000 to go to a school that basically functions like an insane asylum where there's a whole list of words that that kid can't say, including the words American, grandfather, and the phrase killing two birds with one stone because they're afraid it's going to upset some bird. Okay, so when I say, when I have discussions with you about college, earnest discussions, and I say that it, perhaps in 2022, some of you might be wasting your money Sending your kids to schools like this. There was a time when you were like, these, these names mean something. I know. I went to Columbia. Now, granted, I went to Columbia because I was very shy, and I didn't want to go to Boston College because I didn't want to be alone. <laughs> I wanted to be around my friends. That's why I went to Columbia. True story. But there was a time when that held some, st- oh, yeah, Ivy League and Stanford, you know, all these schools. Are- it's bull. It's bull. It's all garbage. These kids go into these schools babied. What type of adult you think is coming out of a school like that? You think they're going to have a backbone? So a kid comes out of Stanford and he gets his first job. Let's say he gets a job wherever. And he's in the office and somebody's like, oh, I'm just going to kill two birds with one stone. (gasps) Does he need a safe space? Does the company provide that? Grow up, people. Grow up. Parents, stop wasting your hard-earned cash on insane asylums for your children. Young people, grow up. I swear, man, it's disgusting. It really is. Get out of the space, safe place. Stop getting triggered. It's called an adult for a reason. All right, everyone. We're going to end a little bit early today so you have more time for holiday shopping. I will see you back here next week. Uh, I am going to be out on Monday for holiday, spend a little time with my baby boy, but then we'll be back next Wednesday for more fun. Have a great Christmas. Get some 360 cookware to cook in your your holiday meals. And uh, I'll see you back here soon. Bye.